0: goes on media. This is Coming Out Stories. It's a podcast about one of the most important conversations of your life. Hi, I'm Emma Goldswell and I'm your host. In this episode, we're off to LA to meet Lee. Yep, a real LA woman. Uh, Wait till you hear what her mother-in-law said when she came out. It is definitely a Coming Out Stories first. Lee identifies as a lesbian, but she told me she took a long time to realise she was gay.
1: It was... Very slow to dawn on me. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to share my story is because a lot of the people I hear you talk to realized it very, very quite young. And I wish I had, but hmm. for me, it was a much, much slower process. Looking back, I can think of certain events that happened um, when I was in college or before that maybe should have helped me realize. But I didn't actually come out or have my first girlfriend until I was 42. So slightly
0: slow developer, yeah.
1: Yes. There are certain moments in my youth, though, that I remember so vividly. For instance, when I was in college and I remember being at a party with some friends and I saw a person at the party who was off by themselves, who I was like, very attracted to. And I wasn't sure whether it was a man or a woman. I could not stop looking at them. We made like all this eye contact. I did eventually realize that it was a woman. I was like, well, why is she looking at me? Because I was there with multiple friends. I'm like, Mm. why would she focus on why would she notice me? Of course, it's because I was basically staring at her. It's a good technique but it work sometimes. Right. <laughs> and I have, I just, um, I can't tell you how many times after that, I was like, why didn't I go talk to her? Because she, and she was a, um, I'm going to use the term butch because that's a term that that's a term and a, a type of woman that I'm attracted to. But I know a lot of women or, you know, non-binary people don't prefer that term anymore but at the time, that's would have been more common, and would have been something that I would have thought of as as a as a yeah, But I mean, type it, that I was attracted to.
0: It's not offensive. I mean, there's certain people that want to reclaim it and say that they love it, and they that's who they are, and that's who they, how they identify. Look at Leah Delaria. That's what she identifies as. Like. Like, I am a butch, and like it or lump it, this is me. This is who I am. I am a butch dyke. You know, that's what she likes being
1: referred to as. You know, um, and that's definitely you know when I when I was struggling to come out it was these real rigid terms that were or identities that I thought existed that made it difficult for me to understand like where I fit in and um, because I didn't I didn't want to be butch if anything I wanted to be more feminine more you know hyper femme and I didn't, I couldn't like reconcile this with what I was, who I was attracted to. And um, so basically I did nothing about it for a really, really long time. I also had this experience when I was, I think I was also in college when my father very casually, who, who I loved very much said to me, And he was kind of joking, but he said, like, you can do whatever you want. You can be whoever you want. Just don't be a radical feminist lesbian. What? And he had such scorn and such dislike for this. I don't even know what or who he was talking about. But that just, like, embedded in my brain. And I really think that was cost me, like, 10 years of not coming out. Well,
0: I can't wait to find out how that story progressed. But let's go back <laughs> to the college years anyway. So okay. the butch lesbian at the party could have come on to you, couldn't she? She could have she could have made made an effort. So, but no wonder you didn't go and speak to her though. That was your first time you actually even realized that you could be attracted to a woman. So there's a lot going on
1: there for you mentally, wasn't there? Yes. And you know, now I'm 51 and I could put myself back there. I remember it so distinctly. And, uh, the college I chose was known to be a very gay friendly college. That was like one of the things they were famous for. And one of the reasons I wanted to go there and yet, and there was a really active, um, gay straight Alliance. They were called at the time. And um, you know, I would go to their events, but everybody was allies. <laughs> I think there were a few people who were out, out, but, Mostly everyone identified as allies. I'm going to guess,
0: was this sort of the late 80s or early 90s?
1: Early 90s. Yeah. yeah. I went, well, yeah. yes, I started, I graduated college in 91. So yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. Which and, wasn't um, as tolerant a time, was it? Certainly not in the UK. And I'm guessing not even in LA.
1: No. Um, well, I, oh, I was in New York at the time. I lived in New York at the time. I didn't move to LA until um, after college.
0: So you're in New so, York, New York. So you'd have thought that would yes. be a super tolerant place, wouldn't you? You know,
1: I think it was, but I wasn't necessarily. And I was going to an art school and I, um, I felt like I was in a very tolerant place. I think I could have come out, but I wasn't out to myself. And that was all that really mattered. For me, the process of coming out to myself was much longer and more difficult. Spoilers was fairly easy with everyone else. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you're not actually the first person I've spoken to who went to New York and had, you know, had a really liberal surroundings, but still couldn't really come out until a little bit later on. So it doesn't necessarily matter what your surroundings are, does it, sometimes? Even, you know, when this person had gay friends. It just, you know, until you can come out to yourself, it's irrelevant. You can never come out to anyone else, can you?
1: That's exactly right. I had so many ideas about needing to do it correctly needing to be the right type of person that could be a lesbian. And I just never thought of myself as, you know, having those qualities. I think because I thought lesbians were so cool and I didn't think of myself
0: that way. That's a lovely twist on it, though, isn't it? That's like the opposite of homophobia. Like, oh, I don't want to be a lesbian. No, I don't want to be, you know, that sort of awful person. No, lesbians
1: are too cool. I'm not cool enough. That's a real twist on it. I like it. And the older I got, the more I thought, well, what lesbian is going to want to be with someone who took so long to figure it out? Now I know, you know, there's so many different types of people. These were all things that I, notions that I had that mm-hmm. had nothing to do with other people. They were all my preconceived notions. And I think because I didn't see a lot of variety, right? There weren't a lot of lesbian characters, even though I sought them out, there weren't that many examples that I could go to. And I work, I work in the theater. So I, you know, I am in an environment with lots of gay people, but, you know, to me, I mostly saw a lot of out gay men. I didn't see, or it wasn't as um, obvious to me.
0: Oh, it's interesting because I was speaking to a, a Polish lesbian uh, recently who said, you know, she found it very hard to come out as well because she couldn't see any other lesbians, you know, and it's very hard to be something that you can't see. So if you've got no role models or no people that are like you, so if you don't know about any other feminine lesbians, how do you get to be that? You know, it's it's not easy, is it? But there must have been other stuff going on. I mean, you mentioned your dad. That must have been very important, what he said to you. But there must have been something else sort of making you go, oh, no, I can't enter this world.
1: Well, I was dating men. I, I didn't have a problem with it. Um, I was sexually attracted to men and I, you know, liked being with men. But every time I imagined a life, and this more dawned on me as time went on, every time I imagined, like, settling down and being with a man forever I was like not interested at all Mm. plus I hadn't fallen in love with any women right I certainly had friends certain friends that I was a little more drawn to or was a little more mildly obsessed with but I didn't you know fall in love with a roommate or get drunk and have sex with a woman one night like that never happened Basically, I never made it happen and it never just happened.
0: And meanwhile, all your family and friends just thought she's straight, but she's just not ready to
1: settle down, I guess. That's exactly right. And I did after college, I had a a serious boyfriend and we moved to California together. And, um, you know, people kind of probably assumed that we were going to stay together. But I was much more interested in pursuing my career in theater, which was much more important to me than having a relationship after a few years, when I broke up with him, one of the things he asked me is, are you a lesbian? And I was like, why would he ask me that? Like I had, I was shocked that he asked me that. And I was like, Oh, he's just looking for a reason why I didn't want him. Cause he was, we, you know, we were pretty serious. And he was like, I wanted to get married to you. And I was like, I don't want that. And, I was absolutely sure I did not want to get married after that. I don't want to have kids, I don't want to get married, but that's because I would only I would only picture that with a man and I knew I didn't want that. I couldn't imagine the man that I could spend that much time with. Gosh. So what what changed at the age of 42 then or whatever? So, I went for a long period of time without dating anybody. I just really threw myself into my into my career. I worked Long, long hours. You know, I had little crushes here and there. During that time, I met a lot more women that I was like, I knew I was attracted to them. Like, mm. and now that I was fully on my own and the internet came along, that really helped. Uh, <laughs> <too>. <laughs> little by little, I was like, well, I have to find out one way or another. I have to know. I was trying to remember, I'm pretty sure it was after Ellen, which was that website. It was a website, I think it was like after Ellen came out, now what? Or it might have been an L Word chat group. L Word was very consequential, being able to watch that show and see so many different types of lesbians in the neighborhood where I lived.
0: I mean, we're all just jealous of your lifestyle. We just imagine you live like that, really.
1: (laughs) They were in, first of all, they were in Canada. Right, okay. I didn't know that. they lived. Yeah, well, but they filmed the show in Canada. They were meant to be in Los Angeles and in, in West Hollywood, and uh, so seeing that really gave me a lot of examples of what it could be like, and um, that helped a lot. Did you fancy shine? Of course,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, brilliant. Oh. Good. I, I volunteered at the Glad Awards one year. It's an organization that tracks and promotes visibility and in media, representation yeah. in the media. I volunteered at their awards show and it was the first year that L Word was out and the, the cast was there. I was just like trying to catch a glimpse. And by then I was like, I think I have to find, figure this out for sure. Yeah. <laughs> So I signed up for one of those websites. It wasn't purely a dating website. It was more of just like a chat website. Okay. And so I would say the first person I came out to was somebody I never met on that website. Uh-huh. And I just wrote up what I was feeling and thinking and uh, what I was scared about. I mean, who knows who was on the other side of the website, but she was very nice. She happened to have the same name as me. So we bonded over that. And she told me her story and um, we arranged to meet. And then I chickened out and didn't go. <gasps> <Lay. laughs> I, got, I know, I, I feel so bad. <laughs> That's funny. I,
0: I remember back in the it was a website called Gaydar Girls in the 90s in the UK. And I remember going on there and chatting to loads of women. And then they just always chicken out of going out on actual dates. I was like, what is the point of this? I, I'm in this for the sex as well. I can't just be happy just writing messages on a bloody
1: computer for the rest of my life. (laughs) Well, I was just too darn scared, like Mm. too scared to actually sit across from somebody because even though at that point I was in my late thirties, I think I might as well have been 13 years old, Wow, you know, and be being afraid to talk to somebody, you know, I really felt like a child in that way. I even went to the place where we were supposed to meet and then got too scared and left. I still feel really bad about that. And then she wrote me several messages and I, I apologized, but it doesn't matter. It was, you know, a terrible thing to do. And then finally I met a woman at a yoga class and we were going to the same yoga studio for a long time for a couple of years, at least a year together. And, um, she was out, and um, I eventually like struck up, struck up a conversation with her, and then said, "Let's go hang out." And I was very casual, like it, you know, not asking her out on a date or mm. anything like that. And um, we went on a date, and I pretended to be confident and uh, like I knew what I was doing, but That's I was the terrified on the inside. <laughs> and did something happen on that date no but I could tell that she was fishing she was trying to get me to, to say one way or another whether I was gay she was basically coming out to me repeatedly um, together <laughs> and uh, we talked about it later because we ended up being together for a while uh, but she you know repeatedly kept saying things about an ex-girlfriend or um, talking about her relationships and when she came out to her parents. And I just kept glossing over it and like sharing without sharing uh, pronouns. and, um, And then on our second date, I finally kissed her. I mean, I probably just like threw myself at her like, a I don't know, it must have been so pathetic. <laughs> but um, I kissed her and she was like, oh, she's like, okay, I was wondering. Was it like electricity, Lee? Was it amazing? Um, it, yes, it was amazing,
0: but it was very scary. But mm. yes, it was amazing. So in your case, and, life uh, really does
1: begin at 40. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because the piece, there was one piece left, I was pretty darn sure, by this point, that I was gay. But I was like, well, like, there's this one big part of it, I have to find out for sure. And that's sex, Right? Yeah. I have to confirm this piece of the puzzle. I was like, I just have to find out. And if if I'm not, I'm not to maybe I just don't want to get married and or don't want to settle down or don't want to be with someone forever. And I was okay with that. I was like, you know, I'm perfectly happy on my own. I wasn't craving a relationship or anything. Hmm. But I was like, I have to know this one thing. And of course, as soon as I started dating women, I was like, dying to get married. <laughs> you know, I, I was like, I really I was like, this is exactly what I've been missing. So it worked out in the bedroom then you're saying? Yes. I have a funny story. The second date we went on when I finally kissed her and when I treated it as a real date, we went to a movie and so we were, we were hanging out and we were in a movie and I think I even, I held her hand in the movie. And then after the movie, as we came out, I was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom And I just, I was like, so a flutter, like I just needed a moment alone. I also needed to go to the ladies room, but I needed like a minute to sort of like relax and catch my breath and go on. We were going to go out to eat after. And she comes in with me to the bathroom. And I was like, oh, (laughs) like, oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> go to the same place as I am. And it had never dawned on me. I, I just hadn't occurred to me. It really sort of was this moment of like, oh oh, I had to like recalibrate. And so we went on the date, and then we were talking in her car, and then I finally kissed her. And then we were together for a couple of months only, and it was incredibly intense, mm. you know, because I was like a 15-year-old dating for the first time. Oh, wow. I bet that was intense. So
0: and at this point when you thought, all right, I've definitely am a lesbian now. Uh, You know, I've got my first stripe on (laughs) on my arm, as it were. Um, At that point, did you tell any friends at all?
1: Yes. So actually, after that first date, um, I, you know, had just kissed her. So we made out a little bit in the car and then I left. We didn't have sex that night. And I drove immediately to meet a friend of mine, like my best friend who was a gay man. And um, because he had been like, we we hung out a lot. And I had been really vague about what I was doing that day. Mm -hmm. And I could sense that he knew something was weird. And he was meeting up with another friend. And um, they were having dinner. So I just went over there and met them. And immediately told him like instantaneously told him and he was like (laughs) I knew something was going on (laughs) and I bet he was dead chuffed for you right totally and he you know he had been out since he was like 18 or something Mm. and we were best friends and we talked about everything but I had never said anything about this I was too embarrassed or unsure. I don't even know what. It's hard to put myself back there and remember why I was so concerned about sharing with people. Well, I
0: guess you didn't want to say I'm a lesbian, but I haven't done anything about it yet. You wanted to say I'm definitely a lesbian and I've just kissed a woman. So you had more of a story. That's
1: That's exactly what I said. I've just kissed a woman. I went on a date and (laughs) kissed a woman. (laughs) The first woman I ever kissed was definitely going to be, you know, the love of my life forever. (laughs) That's what I thought at the time. But of course, a couple of months later, we broke up. Partly, I I I actually understand now. I must have been really hard to be with. I must have been, I was so clingy. I was so excited. I was, you know, probably like having a new puppy.
0: <laughs> and were you happy to like hold a hand in public and do all that sort of open? Very. PDAs? Yeah. Okay. I was so-, so
1: happy to do that. Mm.
0: so that you were kind of, you were confident about it then really in some respects
1: yeah absolutely yeah. I had been wanting to and then the next day I was seeing family and um we just ha- we happened to be going to a funeral it was a large funeral for a prominent person so it wasn't like a personal mm. family friend but my mother worked with this person so I told my uncle at the funeral, so he was the next person I told, um, because I didn't want him to make a big deal of it. I just wanted to be able to tell him and not answer any questions. So while we were at this funeral, I just whispered it to him because I knew he couldn't exclaim or he couldn't really follow up. So I told him and he was very happy for me and not very surprised.
0: Never heard of anybody coming out at a funeral, though. That's, that's quite something, no, isn't it?
1: I, I think it's so weird. I just somehow remember, I was like, we were there and it was really quiet. And I was like, oh, if I, if I tell him now, like I'm close with him, but I'm not super close with him. So it was kind of like easier to tell somebody, not, not basically not a parent. Yeah.
0: But why, why are your uncle first? He must have been quite close to tell your uncle before
1: your parents. He's easier to talk to about things like that he's the kind of person who gets into intimate conversations with waiters or servers at restaurants. Like he asks very probing questions and he, he gets very involved in people's lives somehow. I think I asked him to tell my mother because we were at, we were all at this event together. So I think right after that, at the reception, he said something to her and I was expecting some big conversation but it really was not that big a deal to them. I don't think, honestly, they were surprised. I don't Ah. think anybody was surprised.
0: So your mum found out the funeral as well? Yes,
1: at the reception after, yes. And your dad, was he there? So so, uh, my biological parents were divorced when I was very young, and I was raised by my father and my stepmother. Hmm. And my biological mother was the one who lived in uh, Los Angeles, So I didn't really spend that much time with her until I was older. Mm. So my father and stepmother that took me longer. But coincidentally, my father—you know—I don't know if they were related, but my father died right when I started dating that woman from the from that I first met. He had a heart attack and he had been sick for for a while. Oh gosh, I'm sorry. So I never I never came out to him. I was with her and it was kind of late at night, maybe like 11, 12 o'clock. And my phone rang and I saw that it was my stepmother calling. And I, I was like, oh, she would never call me that late. But I didn't want to talk to her because I was with this woman oh and um, didn't want to stop. And he, it wasn't that much of a surprise. He had been sick for a while. And mm. so I never, I never got a chance to tell him.
0: Yeah, I guess that might have been a difficult one going off what he said a few years earlier or quite a few decades earlier. Yeah, it would have been hard
1: to tell him. Mm. So I wrote uh, an email to my stepmother because I think that was something I had heard on Dan Savage that, you know, on his podcast that he always recommended to people that they come out in writing. And that gave the parent a chance to sort of like digest that information and not have to face the person and the moment. I don't know. I'm not sure that would be good for everybody, but I decided to write her an email. I realized now that I made the email about this woman, you know, I've fallen in love with this woman as if that was why I was gay, because I'd met someone, which wasn't true at all. (laughs) So I came out to my stepmom by email and then I called her the next day and we talked about it a little bit. I waited about a month and a half after my father died, and she said, "Oh, I just thought that you didn't want you, or that you were going to be alone. I just thought you didn't weren't going to meet a man to be with. I didn't think she didn't even consider it. I guess it. Yeah. she she sounded like she hadn't considered it. She was all right with it, though. Yeah, she's she's generally a disapproving person." a very judgmental disapproving person. So she was, I would say more judgmental about it, but I was used to that. She was like that about everything. I did ask her a while later, because at this time I was feeling very, very like open and very willing to talk about hard things at this time. And so I was like asking her because my father had died and this was happening. So I was asking her a lot more questions than I normally would have. And at one point I asked her, I said, what do you think daddy would have thought of this? And she's like, well, I don't know. But I can tell you that, you know, whenever he watched porn, he only watched lesbian porn. So I guess he liked lesbians. Oh, my I swear she said that. I responded to her, those are not real lesbians, you know. It's not really like that, you know. And I don't remember what she said, but it seemed to be a type of approval. I'm not sure.
0: I think that's the Um, last thing you'd ever want to know about your own father, isn't it, really?
1: Exactly. I was like, I thought that was the strangest thing to tell me in that moment. But that's what she said. I always thought it was such a strange thing to tell me. And then I told her about that time that I remembered where he said, just don't be a radical feminist lesbian. Of course, she did not remember that at all. Mm. Didn't think it was any big deal Was like, oh, I don't think he really would have meant that. I was like, okay, like, but but to me, it had it had really stuck exactly just goes to show
0: that things that you say can really hurt can't they and they can really affect a young lgbt impressionable person so did you have any brothers or sisters come out to
1: no no i i'm I'm an only child Mm. i think that's one of the things that made it a little bit harder i wish i could have come out to a sibling i think that would have been but of course it would have depended on the person i had a cousin who i was close to but she was younger than me. And we didn't really talk about serious stuff like that.
0: Mm. Um, well, I'm conscious of time, but, but I um, really want to find out about obviously you're dating, your first relationship didn't last very long. But um, you went on to find
1: true love in the end, by the sounds of it. I sure did. I um, I had some friends who were younger than me who were gay. I ended up, of course, like, immediately reaching out to anyone I knew who was a lesbian to try Mm -hmm. to like get support and get help. And um, uh, these two women that I knew fairly casually, we ended up being quite close friends. And they were both in their 30s. So they got me signed up on OKCupid, like literally told me about it, how to sign up, what to Mm -hmm. put in my profile, help me pick out pictures. And I ended up going out on, I would say, about maybe like 20 OkCupid okay dates. Wow. Well, it and, pays to shop around, Lee. Yep. And what happened, I felt like right away, there's a small enough group of local lesbians. It wasn't like this massive internet pool mm. of people. There was enough so that, I felt like it was a reasonably small group of people.
0: Mm. Of course,
1: that ends up meaning that people know each other and it gets complicated. But I had one other relationship that lasted about six months. And then um, I met my partner. And we Mm. just clicked right away. I had actually put in my profile that I only wanted to date people who were out. And I found out that as long as I was comfortable about telling my story, other people didn't care when I came out. They really Mm. didn't. Like, it didn't end up being what I thought was such a deal breaker. Like, who would want to be with someone who didn't figure out they were gay until they were in their 40s turned out to be no big deal. Well, it's not, is
0: it, really? It's, you know, I mean, I would just say it's better late than never, isn't it? You've done it now. Right. (laughs)
1: You've made up for lost time by the sounds of it. I wrote in my profile, I wanted to date someone who was out. And instead I met someone from another country that you really cannot be out. And um, we were, we've been together now for eight years. We got married the same week that the Supreme Court um, allowed marriage. She was able to stay in the country because we had immigration rights. So once we got married, we applied for um, a green card and then citizenship for her. And uh, now we have a biological child that she carried. And oh. oh, one other funny story that I didn't meet her at first because when I signed up for OKCupid, I put a fairly narrow age range Mm. because I was like, well, you know, no one too young is going to want to date me. So I had put, I think like five years on either side of my own, I put like a 10 year range, but like five years younger and five years older than me. Mm. And she was seven years younger than me. So OkCupid never like matched us up. And after I'd been on the site for a while, I happened to mention that to these younger people. And they were like, don't put an age range like you never know who you're going to meet. So I opened the age range. And now and then I ended up meeting her. As soon as I met her, I was like, I want to have kids. I want to get married. Like (gasps) I just totally how how, what I felt I wanted for my future was so different than what I imagined. So we have a biological child that she carried who just turned two. And we also have a foster child right now that we are hoping to adopt.
0: My God, so you've got your happy ending. You've got your settled down with a family that you never thought you were going to get.
1: And uh, over time, she has also come out to her family. And uh, even though it, ha- it, you know, they can't really share it because it just can't, it's not, it so, wouldn't really work. Yeah. So where is it then? Are you allowed to say where she's from? China, China.
0: China yes yes several human rights
1: issues going on there aren't there really gosh okay we have the ultimate basically their grandchild which is what they care about more than anything so they accept us and you know absolutely love their grandchild and they have been as kind as they can be given that it's still very difficult for them
0: Oh, she'd be a great person to talk to as well, wouldn't she? She'd have an amazing
1: story, I, I think. <laughs> I I asked her if she wanted to talk to you and um I think she might. Yeah. She's not quite as um open and comfortable and she doesn't listen to any podcasts, so she doesn't have that same yeah. connection. Um
0: well, we've chatted for quite a while now, but I don't want to let you go before I ask you if you would have any advice for anyone. So maybe specifically someone that's in um, the same situation that you were, someone that's left it quite a while and thinking, oh God, is it too late now?
1: <laughs> what would you say to them? That's exactly, I, I knew you would ask me, usually you ask people like, what do, advice do you have for young people? Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, my advice is for somebody who isn't quite so young that it is. it's never too late, that there are other people in the exact same situation as you if you don't judge yourself harshly often other people won't either there's always time to have the life you want and
0: you finally got it
1: yes i i do feel very fortunate and very very happy and that's why i wanted to share the story
0: big thank you to Lee for putting herself forward for the Coming Out Stories treatment and if you'd like to do the same well why not contact us you can do that very easily via our marvellous new website just go to comingoutstoriespodcast.com and while you're there you can also find out all about our book Coming Out Stories next time I'm chatting to wine expert and TV presenter Aidy Smith he's got a funny story about coming out to his dad in a bar in San Francisco I started like shaking and crying and stuttering and stammering because I, I was about to tell him, I was telling him that I was gay and so we're sitting there at the bar and after about five minutes of me just trying to get this out he yeah, he just simply said, you're my son and I'll, I'll always love you, now I'm going to go outside and have a cigar <laughs> to, to which then his wife leant over, who'd give us a little moment because she could see the gravity of the situation and said, I'm so sorry I missed all of that what did you say? <laughs>